third episode of the Queer to Queer cast. I'm here with uh, somebody who does not work for Canes, but is making me hungry for Canes. They're wearing a shirt that has Canes on it. So all I can think about right now is that sweet chicken sauce. Anybody out there who's ever gone to Canes, um, if you know anybody who's at the higher level and if Canes is out there, this is for either of you, either of these potential people. Um, we will be happily sponsored by Canes. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. Canes, I'm here for you. I'm here for you, girl. All right. So excited to introduce our new guest today, known only on my Zoom screen as Mr. Weirdo. Welcome. Introduce yourself to our audience. <laughs> okay. Hello. Um, my full real name is Eric Trejo. Um, Mr. Weirdo is like a name that I was given by my friends growing up because I was always not like in a bad way. I was always called weird and stuff. So I took it as a persona. I was like, hey, I'm a weird person. Like, I'm a weird, goofy guy. So that's why I came up with the name like Mr. Weirdo. And I just vibe with that the whole time. Yeah. So being weird is a badge of honor, essentially. It honestly is. It just shows that because for me personally, um, being normal, that's weird. That's how I see weird. Yeah. And what is normal anyway? At the to time? me, normal... Oh, okay. so like, yeah, being normal to me, it's just like not having a sense of passion or like just living day by day by doing nothing crazy. You're not going out or not, you're not living to your fullest or like you just do simple stuff in life and you can really do more to spice it up in life and go out, try new hobbies and overall just explore. Absolutely. So out of curiosity, what are a few of those hobbies that keep, keep your day a little bit weirder? Um, I, a hobby that I love to do is dance. I've been doing dance since middle school. Uh, I haven't taken a professional class. So everything I have done in dance has been self-taught that I like seeing from like dance videos, mostly by K-pop because I'm a huge K-pop fan and stuff. And I'm into like hip hop and stuff. So like, I like buy whatever I see. And then another hobby is like drawing. I've been drawing since I was like a toddler because I'm pretty sure it runs in my dad's side of the family because on my dad's side, we're more creative because my dad's a car painter. So like he does like graphic design, stuff like that. And like same as my sister, my older sister, Jeanette, uh, she does like graphic design and it's really incredible. Another thing I just love to do as a hobby is like more people would say it's weird. I look at myself in the mirror and I just start singing, pretending I'm that singer and like having like a whole concert in my room. Just like it's bittersweet, you know, like just overall fun. So do you sing and dance at the same time? I mean, why not create a whole little bathroom concert? You see, when I dance and sing, that's mostly in the shower. Ah. <laughs> and like, I'm like, oh, because you know, whenever you're in the restroom, you're taking, especially when you're taking a shower, your voice is the best. You're like, wow, I hit that note like Ariana Grande. <laughs> the world should be your bathroom. I mean, you might have to put on a few clothes before you, you know, start the singing you know, if you mm -hmm. have an audience, but um, I mean, depending on the venue, who knows, but mm -hmm. I would, and, and also I'm thinking, right, as I said that I'm thinking about some of the things that I've seen certain pop stars wear, it not, it's, it's not exactly um, conservative, not that it should be, nor mm -hmm. should there be a pressure for it to be. Um, if you've got it, flaunt it, if you feel confident in what you're wearing or what you're not wearing, girl, boy, they, them, you go get it. I, that's what I say. Be a queen, be a half nude queen, uh, as long as you feel confident. So if, uh, if say the stage were your bathroom, 
uh, and you could just go out there and sing and dance, um, what would your kind of style be? What sort of um, concerts would you want to put on? Well, for me as a person, I listen to all like a wide variety of different type of music, like from R&B, hip hop, like the sad blues, um, rock, metal, like I listen to all type of music. So whenever I sing, I really put like a art to ego, like, oh, like sometimes I feel sad and like I listen to Adele and stuff like that. I'm, like I, I'm more calm, mellow. And then say I listen to Cardi B, I'm more rocking crazy. I'm like, like a little rock star and stuff like that. And then if I listen to like K-pop, I want to be more cutesy and stuff like that and more petite and stuff, whatever. Like, I, but I'll say my overall ego within like when I'm performing, like or singing and dancing, I'm more, I'll say I'm more chic, like more hip and stuff like that. Cause I like to perform like, cause overall I'm a confident person and I could really care less what people say, I'll say by myself. So like whenever like I'll dance and stuff, like even in class, I remember like I was literally just singing my heart out in class because I was, I was in my feelings and everyone was like, not, they're not saying nothing. Even my teacher didn't say nothing. Cause like my friend's like, oh yeah, she knows you're in feelings. So like, that's why I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm giving the whole classroom performance and like no one said anything bad. I mean, I felt good about myself. Right. I mean, you're your own most important critic, right? Because you can... Mm-hmm you're the first one that's going to tell you that you're not good enough to do something. It sounds like you've really Mm -hmm. mastered that voice because we, we like to think about how others are going to perceive us whenever we think about taking an art form, whether it be dance or music or anything into the world um, for the the watchful vulture eyes of whether it's the people on your video channel or the people in literal seats that are watching you in a physical audience, you know, and anything in between. I think that we project our own judgment first and a lot of people actually don't do what you do. They don't lead with that confidence because they tell themselves already, don't do that thing. That's going to be quote unquote weird, which it sounds like you've, it reminded me of, I don't know if you're into game of Thrones. I, I like to forget about game of Thrones at this present time, just because the last (laughs) few seasons were absolute dog shit, but (laughs) <laughs> I did love it for a time and I'm now reading the book. So there's a particular character that says, you know, that thing that they say, that thing that is a par- horrible paraphrase, prepare for me to butcher a line by a much better actor than myself. But he talks about that thing that people call you names for, like that, that qualifier for them discrediting you can actually be a badge of honor and you can wear it like armor and it can be never used to hurt you. So I love that you've kind of just, encapsulate yourself in like Mr. Weirdo and we're going to go forward, Mary, and I'm going to, I'm going to sing and dance my heart out. And like, it really doesn't matter what you, what you think is good or bad about what I'm doing. I love that. So for our listeners out there, what are some things that helped you get to that place? Because as I imagine, possibly incorrectly, um, it was a little bit of a journey to get to that self-confidence. Well, I, one thing I would like to point out definitely is that I do get insecure sometimes. That's something normal that people have faced. And people have always told me, how are you so confident? Even though I do perform and like sing and like do all this crazy stuff, I do have that mindset where fuck everyone, I'm going to do me. But also I do have that in their anxiety where it's like, oh, uh, no, I do feel insecure. Not insecure, but like uh, claustrophobic. Is that the right term? Yeah, that's the right term. 
where I'm like, oh, like I feel trapped in a way, not like trapped, but like, oh, like, oh, this is a little, a little too much for me sometimes. Yeah. And then a lot of people, like I um, just said, um, people be like, oh, you're so confident and stuff. I am, but I do definitely have my moments. And you say like, oh, he could do this and that. And there, but there are times where I do care about people's opinions. And sure. it's bad when like, when people put that into like mental stuff and like where for me, I have like bad anxiety and stuff and sometimes depression where I put too much into one person's opinion. I could care less about everyone else but if that one person says something bad or something happy, it would give me mixed emotions. So that's something I would like to really point out there that yes, even though I'm a very confident person, I still even have my moments because I'm, in the end of the day, we're all still human and we will always have that anxiety, which is normal. And we're like, we have that butterflies in our belly before like, even like you see every artist, they all say like before they, every performance, they'll either pray, sit down, relax, drink, or practice before they perform because they want to make sure they give it all them all, like give it their all. Yeah, well, and I think that we need to separate from this toxic idea that the confident people, the people that are, you know, adjacent to Beyonce and then, you know, dividends of Beyonce, less than, equal to, whatever, the people we think are untouchable. We mm-hmm. think confidence is it. We think they are confident, period. They are successful period. And I think that sometimes social media kind of plays into this idea. I mean, and even before TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, when we were following celebrities just with paparazzi and getting them in magazines, I think we still saw them less as people and more like figures. We saw them as these these icons, idols. Um, And as much as I understand that these people have really earned their places for the most part um, in our, you know, admiration and in our homes, but there is, I think this idea that they are never down, you know, and now people Mm -hmm. are, I think it was Andy Warhol who said that one day everyone will be famous. You know, he kind of started the it girl, who was like the girl on the scene, the girl that everybody was following that had the lifestyle, the Marilyn Monroe lifestyle, mm-hmm. the, the fabulous glamour puss. Um, and then now we're with our social platforms, which I want to talk about in a little bit, um, we all can be famous. If, if only we have, I think the quote was something adjacent to, we all will have a 15 minutes. And there's no possibility that everybody is confident. There's no possibility that everybody is confident all the time. And I would hazard to guess that all the people we say are the super confident. They have moments of deep insecurity because it's a part of the human experience is to have insecurity. And depending on, you know, how you were conditioned, you're going to experience those feelings a little differently. So I actually think it's a further testament to your strength that you are able to say Like, I love when somebody who is confident is able to say, hey, also, I fall down. Also, that sometimes I'll read a comment in my section where I go, oh, I'm, my feelings were hurt because I'm not a fucking robot. So I love Mm -hmm. that you are so vulnerable and transparent about that. So do you have any advice for anybody listening who wants to be an influencer or be on TikTok that might face some really harsh words? For me, when I first started doing TikTok, I really just put the persona like, hey, I'm cute, like me. 
And that was pretty much my whole like persona. Like whenever I post and upload content, it was just me like sexualizing myself or making myself get the clout of like, oh, I'm just good looking. But real now I am realizing that like, hey, you know, this is lame. This is boring. This is not me. Like, yes, I know like I'm a, a good looking person, but I want to like lately I want to make my platform like, hey. I want to like make sure that there's mental awareness and stuff like that, that people are getting the help that they desire. And so if you want to become an influencer, I say that you need self-therapy, self-therapy to the point where, okay, is this how I want people to see me? Is this the measures I want to get across? Is there something particular I want people to see a part of me? Like, cause you see all these influence stars and like they're posting like, oh, their luxurious life. And then we have those few who post like, oh, this is what's behind the scenes. And we appreciate those people because we see that like, yes. oh, they're the real ones. And so advice I'll just say, another advice I'll say um, is to like, make sure that you're comfortable. Overall, make sure you're comfortable in what you post and make sure that you're not defaming yourself or a community or anybody else. Make sure you're not being petty, rude, angry, or lashing out in general. Because in communities of social media, Everyone is trying to be a top of the game. And that's honestly stupid. We should all be supporting each other and stuff. And like, yeah. like this could go in so many ways overall. Yeah. And actually, how have you um, connected with other influencers? It sounds like you are able to or you want to embrace those around you who are doing similar things. Um, do you do you feel a little bit of resistance from other um, queer influencers and TikTok creators? Or is it more of a community? So lately I have, um, I've been going like viral on TikTok or at least, yeah, I know I will say yeah. I've been, I like, I have my moments. I have my like five minutes here and there and stuff. And I met, I made so far two friends. Um, one of them is named, his name is Kurt and I'm on Reese and they're very like, they do TikTok on their own. They say that I'm the popular one. I'm like, oh, I thought you guys were like the popular ones. Can you guys follow me first? And I was like, oh, like, this is cool. And like, I text them daily now because like, I can see it on my friends, like TikTok friends. Like, oh wow, I, we connected because we all post the similar content and stuff. And then I followed this huge TikTok, TikTok account. I think they had like over 40,000 followers and they followed me back. And like, I think they, I saw that they only follow 17 people. I was like, oh my God, like I'm one of the many that they follow, like the very few. So it's was like, oh wow. So it's like, it's honestly very great to see that people are people that I look up to even though they're not like famous, like to the world, they're famous in my eyes. And like, oh, wow, you recognize me. You're even following me. Like, that's cool. So definitely I have gotten so many um, great welcomings and on social media and stuff. I've been praised a lot. And like, it does boost my ego, I'll say. Because overall, it will boost anyone's ego. But I still make sure to humble myself, be like, okay, I'm not perfect. I still have my moments and like stuff. And, like, I talk to people who, like, my friends, my TikTok friends, they, like, oh, like, they'll be, like, wow, you did really good here in this video. Or, like, wow, maybe this video didn't do as good as this one, but it's still very good and stuff like that. And, like, overall, the community is very welcoming, but I have gotten a few, like, controversial stuff where people have said, like, oh, like, you're just trying to, like, you're, oh, what's the right word? Like, you're just trying to be uh, a pick-me person. And when I got that, I was like, oh, am I a pick-me person? Um, and what is that for our listeners who may not be, um, I think it's more, I think it's a 
more trendy term. I think it's surfaced in recent years. So can you explain what that is? A pick me person is overall, I'll say a person who constantly wants the attention. They post like in TikTok, they'll post post almost every day, maybe the same content, stay in one area that people would attract. And they just, they just want the attention. Simple as that. Okay. And they want people to recognize them to post their stuff and be like, hey, don't look at this person's stuff. Look at mine. Recognize me. You should be following me. You should give me, me likes. And when I got that, it low-key made me like, am I a pygmy person? And in the aspect, I am kind of am. I won't lie. I am kind of am. I do want people to recognize me. But I think the way how I want people to recognize me is like, oh, he's just doing it for fun. It's not like, oh, like, pick me, like, give me cloud, give me views and stuff. And like, I do have my moms be like, oh, this I know this one's going to give me views, but it's not like, oh, like I'm going to do it toxically where I'm like, oh, I just want to be famous. I want to do this and that. I just wanted the luxury influencer life where if that part happens, it'll be cool. But at the same time, I will definitely humble myself because from my origin roots where I was raised and born, especially in a Hispanic household, I was been taught to be humble and be grateful what I was born with and what I have now and what I'm possibly going to have in the future. Well, it sounds like both are your truth. It sounds like you are finding a way where you're balancing both and that you're taking what was given to you from your family, which are your values and understanding that what is around you in the immediate sense is really important. But also you understand that your followers online are important to you and you're, you're not, it doesn't sound like you're beholden to one over the other, which I think is great because I think some people can lose that balance and then they end up sacrificing something they didn't really realize that they're sacrificing. So I, and I just have to say that I, I don't know exactly the nuances of the, of the pick me person trope, but it does seem a little harsh because it sounds like what you're describing to me is a version of literally everybody living right now. And I know there's probably indicators where you go, this person is more it than that person, but in general, most of us have social media and most of us appreciate when a lot of people like our stuff. I'm not saying as, I'm not trying to generalize. I'm just saying that a lot of people have social media, not just influencers, and they are communicating a certain something to an audience. In, in other words, everybody from Kim Kardashian with all of her billions of followers or whatever, she makes a decision about what she posts so that somebody gets a certain something from it down to me, somebody that just has like a thousand followers. I also make choices like this picture over that picture, this filter over that picture, this caption over that caption. And so who am I to judge Kim Kardashian for caring about her followership? So, so I guess I'm curious if you have any insight there because it does sound like the pick me trope is really just another way for people to criticize other people is where I'm getting. <laughs> That's what I'm getting from. <laughs> so yeah, definitely over like Kim Kardashian uh, with the new scandal that's going around with her about wearing the Marilyn Mar- uh, Monroe uh, happy birthday president uh, ceremony. It all uh, comes back to Marilyn Monroe, baby. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, but like at first when I saw, when I saw the headlines of Kim Kardashian, I was like, oh wow, she looks really good in that dress. But then I saw, I forgot, it was this TikTok girl lady who was posting like why she hated the fact that she did that. And she gave great insight on why it was very toxic, why Kim Kardashian like was wearing the dress and like it was disrespectful. 
So I can definitely see like why like she made a choice that would definitely bring in the views, the clout, the money and stuff like that to get her name talking. And that as her, she made a multi-million business by doing that. And like she mm-hmm. made a like beauty um, stuff, photo shoots, a whole TV series that she helped her whole family get on and stuff like that. She is a, a very smart lady and she knows what she's doing. So her like wearing a simple dress and like just posting like, oh yeah, this is a dress and I like it. And then she wears a replica later on. She knows what she was doing. She just get the headline out there. So, oh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> sorry, I get a lucky. This is a non-verbal or excuse me. I'm the, this is a non-visual podcast. And for the listener, um, our guest was getting a little haughty and uh, had to cool down. So we're in recovery. I'm I'm not even gonna lie. I'm like shaking a little bit because I'm overly excited right now. Cause like, this is really cool for me and stuff. So like, it's like, oh, wow. Like I I see this as an opportunity for myself to like put my message out there and just to get that, like that, what's it called? I guess cloud, white people would say. Well, exposure. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Well, and I, I wanted to talk to you because I think that you already at, um, I mean, how, how different, different is our age? I think we're like 12 or 13 years apart. I'm 30 and you are? I'm 17. So. Okay. All right. So give or take. Um, and mm-hmm. yet you really seem to have a clear uh, sense of your own comedy and a clear sense of your brand. You're a clear sense mm-hmm. of who you are, which was just incredible to me. And that's why I had to reach out. I was like, cause I'm deep in the queer talk. Let me tell you, I I'm, I was realizing this the other day. I'm like, why? Like, I'm not just a queer person, TikTok. But then uh, my partner was like, well, it's based on what you like and look at. So you only have yourself to blame. But whatever, listen, Mary, you popped up on my page and you have good stuff. So um, how do you decide, like, what inspires you to do your personal TikToks? So if if people were to look at my TikToks, I very usually is very sexualized. I do the like, oh, this person was on Grinder joke, and like, oh, this person is like, are you gay? I'm like, and then I'll just do simple filters, like, oh, his ex versus me, or like his type versus me, and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, zodiac signs, and like, like that. I'll just post like a cute picture or like a video and stuff like that, just for myself, because I know that's what brings in the views, and that's. Is sad in society or like in social media where like oh look cute if you're cute you're popular and stuff or like just pretty and stuff so when I pick my TikToks I like to just do comedy like oh let's do what the simple next guy would do like oh I see this jock who's on Grinder and they're, they're like on a DL and stuff and I won't lie there is some truth to my TikToks and people be like oh if only he actually did have sneaking sneaking leak and it's like oh lol like there's some truth to my stories and stuff. Well, and I, I love that you are so frank about your sensuality, sexuality, because I think there's this divide right now where as the world becomes increasingly more uh, multimedia, uh, God, could I date myself anymore? I mean, just even using <laughs> the word multimedia, like, Mary, it's happened. We're officially an online community. But what I'm saying is 
you know, people are wanting to express in a different way. Our range of expression, our medium of expression is changing radically. And so people are wanting to express their, it, it goes across the board. People are wanting to express their sexuality on their websites, on their TikToks, on their Instagrams. And our culture, I think, is moving towards a greater acceptance. And so have you met any backlash from, especially from a depiction of queer sexuality or has it been, you know, a little more rewarding or have there been dividends? So a backlash, I won't say it was backlash, but it was like um, a, a family member of mine who was critiquing what I was posting. Mm-hmm. And she would believe it was like inappropriate that I was posting like all this sexual content because I am technically a stool minor. Mm-hmm. And I understood that. And it really gave me my soul like, oh, yeah, I'm not even 18 yet. Even though I'm about to be 18, it still doesn't justify the like, oh, I should be posting this stuff. And like, I don't want people to be like, oh, like, I'm just like a horn dog or something, just asking for it or begging for it. Even though I'm really not, I just do the simple joke that people will laugh at. Yeah. And a lot of it is comedy based, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like overall, it is, at the end of the day, it's just supposed to be a joke. Mm-hmm. And like, and then I, I, I look back at some of my TikToks and I'm like, wow, could this affect me in the future? And like, there was one specific TikTok where it was like, oh, little, and then it's the F slur. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, oh, wait, like, uh, like at, at the time when I posted it, it was funny. But I'm looking back at it now, even though I'm like, I'm not like popular stuff. I'm looking at it like, wow, this could really affect me later down the line. Like, oh, like he's a queer like influencer but he saves the Esler as a joke and it's still wrong of me I'm not won't lie I, w- I still say it but I say it jokingly to my friends who are I'm comfortable with and we say it as a joke and that's another thing too where people are like how can you say that as a joke for my I'll say especially my generation we use a lot of dark humor dark humor is involved in a lot of stuff and that's how we cope with like depression and anxiety a lot and so I don't really want people to be like oh he's like homophobic to himself and like and like, or he's possibly racist or like, he's like all this bad stuff. I don't want people to assume that stuff because also it's, it's social media. People be like, like I said, someone called me a pick me and like people might believe I'm a homophobic or my belief that, oh, he's actually not gay and stuff like that, like, or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think you are being mindful and I think that's all we can do. You know, we, we as content creators sometimes can feel the effects of something good, I think, in a negative way. The good being that we are moving towards a more conscious landscape in terms of what we consume. Uh, People that are creating are being more conscious, consumers are being more conscious, and the people who are being received are, I think, not just being received for their art anymore, They're they're being received for their art and whether they are conscious or not. And that's why we're finding out more and more that a lot of the people we used to raise up with extreme examples being people like Kevin Spacey are not who we want to raise up anymore. I mean, right now we're, as we're recording this, it's May 19th, we're in the throngs of the Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard debate. And so people are making up their minds about that left and right. And it is a tumultuous time, I think, for creators in that way, because we are, I think, worried that we might say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, and then that be it. But it's good 
that you are thinking that way to a degree, I think, because that's going to what, that's what I think is going to be the thing that saves you in the long run, not saves you like you're in danger, but Mm -hmm. because we are conscious now, we, Mm -hmm. even if we make the mistake later, we know that we can say, you know, I was thinking about this and I can honestly admit that was wrong. And like, what can I do? Because it's the people that aren't conscious and they make the mistake. It's really hard for them to then go back and, and, and um, find their way into the, um, the good graces of our public. So I wouldn't worry about it so much, but just continue to remain conscious. This is a a little bit of Mm -hmm. advice from an old man. So I I hope that um, (laughs) it gives you something, but um, let's talk a little bit about what it means because I, I, I really, first of all, admire your strength to be able to be open about your sexuality as a minor and as a queer. What does that expression mean to you? Why is it important for you to be honest and open about that? So that's actually a great question. I've been like, I don't want to say too much because it is personal life and stuff. But I have been at, yeah. (laughs) So I've been asked on why, why do I put myself out there? Why do I post stuff? Why do I say stuff? Why do I like go out and like how I dress, how I talk and stuff? And the person I really want to express that to is someone who was there from the beginning and they're probably going to be there to the end. And how I want to explain to them is like, well, if I don't put myself out there or, or if I don't express my creativity side and like be my true self, I feel trapped. I feel mm-hmm. broken or like I'm not living to my fullest. Like it's, it comes to where, where my anxiety, if like, oh, am I lying to myself? Am I lying to my friends and stuff like that, to my loved ones? So that's why whenever I go out, I will always, like, whenever I meet new people, I'll joke and be like, oh, yeah, I'm gay. But, like, at the same time, like, I'm serious. Like, like I want you to respect me. But, like, yes, I'm gay. And I want you to be mindful, like, what you could possibly say to me. And I don't want you to get any wrong ideas. Like, I've been told that a girl liked me recently. And I was like, oh, wow. And they told, from what I heard, this person's like, they didn't say nothing to me because they didn't want to hurt my feelings. So I'm like, oh. Because, like, the fact that they liked me, it's like, oh, now I feel bad because I, I hurt their heart but it's like well at least they're being respectful that like hey this person would clearly not like me and I'm like well thank you for that and I wish I knew who this person was supposedly this person is one of my best friends so mm-hmm. I wonder who would I be but overall when I express my sexuality I like to do it by like dressing up talking like slang and stuff like that and overall just doing little bits in here or there like I've been told why do I need to wear makeup I shouldn't be wearing makeup it's wrong, it's for men, and stuff like that, but how I see it, for me, I have a masculine side and a feminine side. There's days I want to dress masculine, I just, like, I, my friends have told me, you look straight, and I was like, lol, like, that's so funny, like, <laughs> like, even now, I look at myself in pictures, like, wow, I do look straight, that's honestly scary, and, but we all take it to joke, and then there are times where I look very feminine, and then I have gotten somewhat shamed by close ones in my life, but I can understand why, because they just want the best for me. They want to protect me. And I can see that. And so that's why I will respect them and not openly doing their face. Cause that is disrespectful to me or to them. So well, both ways. 
And so whenever I express myself, always be mindful how I do things. Like I'm like, okay, because I remember um, I went to a party, a Christmas party at my school. And I had like eyeliner, I did my face, I wore a vest with no shirt, I did, I wore black uh, skinny jeans, and I wore heels. And everyone was praising me. I was walking down, walking down my school great. hallways and everyone was like, period, get a queen. I was like, wow, <laughs> this made me feel good about myself. And yes, I know I don't need makeup. And I was literally talking to someone about that. Like, I don't need makeup, but it just helps, it just helps me realize like, hey, I'm cute, but with makeup, I'm cuter. Like, it's just an improvement of what I have. And that's how I just see it and stuff. And it really is nice to just feel confident about myself, regardless how I dress, talk, and wear. It's just a really, it's just a booster for myself. And, like, it's just me expressing my creativity or my, my art and my focus in life. And we're going to talk a little more about that uh, with our distinguished guest. But right now we're going to take a quick break. So don't go anywhere. We have more uh, fascinating tidbits to share with you momentarily. We are back with Mr. Weirdo. And Mr. Weirdo, I have to know, what was your journey like when it comes to understanding your own sexuality and have you been able to help anybody else along that journey since we've covered in part one how you really have developed a sense of confidence and self-assertion and self-actualization already at 17 which is amazing so have you helped anybody else with their journeys so i definitely had like friends who had come up to me and be like like, I remember I had a friend, very classified straight now, but back then when we were all hitting our puberty and through hormones and stuff like that, they asked me, like, hey, how do you know you're gay? I said, well, I guess I always kind of do. And I asked him, like, what's up? And he told me, oh, a guy told me I was cute and I actually liked it. And I was like, I asked him, the, like, for me, I always ask these two simple questions. Do you romantically see yourself with a same-sex person? And they said, no. And then I asked them, can you be sexually attracted to a same-sex person? And it said, no, I don't believe so. So I said, okay, I don't believe that you are. And I told him, well, did it make you feel good about yourself? And they said, like, well, yeah, it just made me feel nice. I'm like, then it was simply just a compliment. Just take us a compliment and move on. And then I had helped people where they have come out gay. And like that was with my first boyfriend, I'll say, where they were like, they were already out, but I just helped them improve that. I made them feel more comfortable with themselves and going out and telling people and meeting all the new people. I say people a lot. Wow. <laughs> uh, just going out and like expressing themselves. And for me growing up, I always knew that was, I was, I was weird. And I was never part of the boys. I never was into sports. I was more into games being alone. And I realized growing up, all my friends were female. And like, I had my best friend, her name is Nell. I've been friends with her since fifth grade. I'm still friends with her now. I was talking to her like two days ago and it was a great conversation we had and like growing up growing up uh, we had our other friend Elena after I came out I first came out as bisexual when I was like 13 and that's because I was still scared to come out as fully gay because like mm-hmm. like oh how people are going to take it and then during my eighth grade year when I was 14 I came out as fully gay I remember it was during lunch and I was crying I was like guys I have something to tell y'all and I'm like, what, what, what's wrong, Eric? And I'm like, guys, I'm gay. 
And I will always laugh on my friends, even though I don't talk to any of them, really, only one of them, which is Nell and Carlos, I'll say. They all say, we already fucking know. It's not, it's, it's not <laughs> a surprise to us. So I'm like, and me being in my feelings, I'm like, you guys knew? I didn't know. How do you guys knew? They're like, because from people who are close to you, I'll say at the time, for me, my friends, they see, they're looking at me like it's a movie and they see everything I do. Mm-hmm. Well, in my eyes, I'm like, why do I feel like this? What's going on with me? And them tell me like, yeah, we always knew that you're gay. And I was like, like, what would give it all to say by the way you walk, by the way you talk, the way how you move and like overall do like your little weird things like, like, hey, and like stuff like that. And like, hi, like, but like, oh, the way how you move your wrists and overall, like, so me, I walk on my tippy toes and growing up with that, that's because I just want to be taller. So so if you were to see me in person, I'd be bouncing. I'd be bouncing on my little tippy toes and people would be like, oh, he's so cute. I'm like, fuck you. Like, well. <laughs> you bounce as high as you need to. There's no problem with that. And also remember, everybody, weird is a badge of honor. So if you have <laughs> any other perception of what weird means, um, you know, just know that you're coming to the table where we want weird. That's what we want more of. So Let's get weirder. So how did life change for you after you came out and after you started to be honest in that way with your friends? So when I first came out um, back in like in middle school, I posted out to only it was like a, it was on my private account. I posted like, hey, guys, there's something I really want to put out there. Cause like, yes, I have my inner group of friends who already knew, but now I want to put it out there. So I posted on social media like, hey, guys, I'm gay. And. I've been coming to a lot of heart understanding of what I like and do that and blah, 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 and humana, humana and stuff. And <laughs> when I came out, <laughs> humana, humana, I got that from my JRTC teacher. He's really funny and stuff, whatever. So yeah, <laughs> that's what we're saying. Um, when I came out, um, when I remember the day I went back to school, after I posted that all over my Instagram, I was respected. I had people texting me like, hey, you're gay, right? I was like, yes, question mark. And they're like, oh, I'm proud of you. Be, keep doing you, bro. Like, be brave. Feel proud. Like, I'm like, well, thank you. Like, honestly, thank you for that. And walking around the hallways, it's like, Bobby, like, yes, period. And like, they're hyping me up. I'm like, at first I was like, oh, like people who I don't know be like, yes, Eric. I'm like, you know my name. Like, holy shit. And like, in a sense of way, I am popular. And I feel like every gay kid has that where the moment you come out in your school and there's not a lot of gay people you're known as the gay kid so I did have my own popularity in a sense where people knew I was gay now we're respected in that way and growing up like from now here people always like oh that's Eric he does this and that he's doing oh he's like in George C he's being more masculine he's crazy and stuff like he's funny and like people respect me for that and people know that I'm very social and I have told but I, I've been a new friend right, um, lately his name is Angelo and he told me when he first talked to me he was like oh I thought you're gonna be like rude or like shy and scary I was like I was like why do you think about that he's like oh by the way how you just look and I was just wearing a tank top um a playboy necklace a jacket and some shorts and some champion sandals mm-hmm. that's only why do you believe I was like like why do you think I'll be rude he's like oh like it was just your gesture, like the way you looked at me at first. I was like, "Oh, did I look at you like rude or something?" You're like, "Like, yeah." I was like, "Oh, probably because I have like dumb eyes or whatever." But like, I told him like I'm a very social person. I'm very bold, I'll say, and like 
as we've been saying, I'm very confident. And when I talk to, when I meet the new people, I always be straight up like, hi, I'm Eric. I'm gay. Like, yes, like get it, I guess. And we'll talk about stuff. And for me, I'm a person where if you're dry in a conversation, I will get mad and then I'll be dry myself. And then I will start pushing myself away from you. Because mm-hmm. for me, if you don't match the vibe or the energy and like stuff, I realize like, oh, you're just like, you're just, you don't want to be friends. You're just like, hey, blah, blah. And that's all. In other so, words, like, you don't feel that pull to go, oh, we're not vibing. Let me adjust myself to try and change what I am to fit your, com- your comfort level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's also another thing, too, where I realized, like, oh, this person is probably more sensitive compared to me. Cause I do realize that I'm a bit, um, what's the word? Like, explosive. Blunt. Like, blunt. Yeah. Blunt, too, as well. Where, like, I just say straight up on my mind. And I get that from my mom. That's so funny. Because, um, like, as a, like, like, her being a Latino mom, she would say whatever is on her mind. And that's the trait I get from her. And I, I get a lot of my traits from her mom, which I do love. And there are things I do hate. I'm like, oh, wow little bit toxic and like brings me down sometimes but we like are all our parents most toxic traits we just some of us check them and some of us don't so don't worry about absolutely that. so like yeah. getting those traits from mom being a bold lady and that that's what i respect her i was like wow this lady has been shit face or not shit face like been shit on <laughs> not, not me, my, like, maybe, maybe my mom like she's a drunk person ill <laughs> But no, no, she's been like being shit on by people. And like, my yeah. mom is a fighter. And my mom was a hardened lady at a very young age. She got married at 18. So mm-hmm. looking at her, it's like, wow, I, I envy you. Like, I want to be like, I want to sh- like impress you and like show that I could do what you have done at a very young age. And that's something I get from like singers and stuff or like popular people. Like, wow, like Adele, she's a diva or like, a very sing- famous singer who sadly passed away. Her name was Jane Rivera. And she was an incredible um, Mexican singer. And I like, seeing her, it's like, wow, she empowered confidence. And even she was like, she supported the LGBT and stuff. So seeing her, it's like, wow, these people are incredible. And me being like a very young age, being exposed to those stuff, like especially like Lady Gaga, Born This Way and stuff like that. It really taught me to be confident. And my, one of my best friends, her name is Elena, she taught me how to be gay. She got me introduced to drag, um, drag race and stuff like that. Uh, she told me, showed me like music and stuff like that. But like, hey, cause she was, she's um, black and Latina and stuff like that. So she, she got Spanish, she's like, hey, like I'm gonna show you to be a Latina. And she gave me like lip gloss and exposed me to a whole bunch of world. And she told me, like, I always say this lady is my mother, like, and, and drag, mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh, this is the, this is my mother who raised me to be like the woman I am. And so I say, this is the woman who taught me how to be gay, who sh- helped me to understand what I like and express myself and push me to my fullest. And like, looking back at myself now, it's like, wow, I had a, an amazing life. Like, it's truly incredible what I experienced. And as a person, I had a lot of depression at a time where I honestly lived a dream where why my life is perfect I have the best friends I'm living my life I'm the most happiest and then one day all of a sudden I lost it all I'm not gonna lie and that's something I would like to show people that you could be the strongest boldest person ever but when you get shot down 
and you physically and emotionally and mentally have everything taken away from you, you, you really become stronger. For me, I didn't, I lost everything for two years. I was not talking to anyone. I was alone. And in those two years, I was suicidal. And when I, when I was able to get my phone or like have a sense to talk to my friends again, everyone has realized, wow, you are strong. Because whenever I tell my full deep story to everyone and like what I went through at a very young age where a lot of people would have killed themselves, it's like, wow, you were able to overcome that and like just tell, help people. Because for me, I do suffer a lot from depression and stuff. And I was receiving counseling at a very young age at 13 where I was talking to a teacher about like, hey, what's the best way for me to talk uh, to come out? And she was helping me. I was in her office about four to three times every week, crying her office, freaking out. Cause I, like I have bad panic attacks. Uh, I have asthma. So like that doesn't help me when I breathe out and in and stuff. Yeah. And it's really painful to see a person who's going through that. Cause I really know the struggle. I was in it for two years where I was alone. And then recently I experienced my first real heartbreak and it sucks. It really sucks. And a TikTok I made was like, hey, I don't know who needs to hear this, but I want you to guys know that please make yourself a priority. Don't base yourself around that person you need that reassurement from. And that's something I really suffer a lot from where I suffer from, like I said, if this one person says I'm cute and stuff, that's what matters. But I need to stop depending on people stuff like that I need to depend on myself and recognize like I don't need all these people or I don't need that one person in life and so I really want to put the mindset that like I want to be used as a message to like hey here's my story I want you guys to learn from it and use it as a source of power and strength yeah I mean I think that from the very beginning we've we've made it very clear that you are a fighter because everything that you were talking about requires a fight. I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is like every day is not a battle in the sense that maybe you don't always feel like there's this crushing conflict, but to go up front and sing, to tell the class that you are gay in our society, that is a fight um, to, go to bat for somebody who's struggling with their sexuality. That is a fight. These, all of these things require a fighting spirit because if you don't have it, then you can go, ah, that's difficult, I will recede. And I'm not shaming anybody out here who hasn't found that strength yet, but you clearly have. So congratulations on finding that drive. And I do think that we have this idea that, oh, depression or feeling bad, it's something that, okay, you're there here and then you're not on the other side. I think, you know, I have several friends who have clinical depression and even though it can manifest in different ways for different people, and this is certainly not a general rule, I'm also not an expert on depression, I'm not a psychologist um, or therapist, but it's, it's not about never being depressed. Like that's something that my friends have told me they've learned. They used to say like, why do I feel this way? Why am I like this? And they would seek external validators in, in order to numb themselves from the truth that they kind of still felt depressed. 
But what was more powerful for them was generating that own inner validation for themselves that was able to ride out uh, the storm whenever they were feeling very depressed. And I hope that people get to a place where they're able to admit to themselves, okay, I am feeling depressed, but I can be here and do what I need to do to not deny my own feelings and then push forward with experience. Because that's what, for me, what I'm getting from you is what it's all about, is that no matter what you're feeling, no matter how down you feel, go for that thing that makes you happy. Go forward, go uh, find people, like you found your friend. Find that person that can help you when you don't know that thing, when you are confused or lost, find somebody. And I, and I, I am so, so impressed that you know that you deserve that at such a young age that you know that you're like, I don't know quite how to be gay. I don't know what that means for me. And you didn't tell yourself you have to do that all alone. And I think a lot of people try to do that. And so they struggle for years and years and years in different ways than they would be struggling if they had found a community or even like you said, just one person, but it sounds like this person kind of opened up, you know, your whole gay yeah, world. They definitely, so, yeah. yeah. So what does that look like to you? I'm, I'm curious, what is your, um, you know, cause I know that it's different for, again, we're not about generalizing here, but what is queer life for you now? Queer life for me now is just being my most extra as I can possible. Like today, I was yes. wearing my, yes. Um, today I was walking around in my um, JRTC uniform, and like if you go on my Instagram, I was posting about it, and I was wearing it. If you look at it, I had to catch some snatch, and me, in a picture, I'm like, I have like marks right now near my waist where because I just snatched the fuck out of the belt just to walk around the hallway just to look good. Like even though I'm in pain, it's like. I feel good. I know I look snatched. I feel great about myself. Like I like I want people to look at me and be like, shit, you're looking real good. Great. But like me. <laughs> I like to like queer life is just like just going beyond beyond overall and beyond about like, wow, I wanna do this. I want people to recognize me. I wanna display myself as a great influencer oh well like i don't want to I, I don't know the proper terms because i'm still young I, i'm low-key dyslexic too um i don't know the right term to go with it but i just like it's just overall being playing this character like like you you can play a character and you customize your person and for me i pick the most boldest person out there the baddest bitch out there and like it goes for my influencers that i, I love like um adam something i forgot his name the person who plays rosita and then louis caliber and like Bremen Brock, like I idolize Bremen Rock. He's a very masculine person, but he still has that feminine side to him, which I love to see. And that's something I dreamed of where I could be masculine and still wear makeup and people will be like, yes, like you can still do this and that. And I have been brought down to like, wait, so are you a girl? And I always have to reassure people like, no, I'm not a girl. I'm still a guy, I'm still a man. I mean, I have questioned myself. I have came to a point where, am I transgender? Like, and stuff. But and you I allow to yourself myself, to think about it, which is good. Exactly. Like, no, I can't, you know, so. Like, and it, like, it's not like, oh, I just sat down and stuff. Like, no, I was crying. I was like, am I trans? Like, do I want to be a girl? And I came to understand it. I look at drag race. I'm like, no, like, I think I would like to dress as a girl just for the fun, but 
classifying myself as a female it's not something i will not that i won't hate it or won't like it it's just not me right because you're ultimately it is about what works for you not what works mm-hmm. for this other person and i think that gender like sexuality is very much that thing that we decide for ourselves as you know there are many ways to be masculine and feminine and there are many ways to be a queer person who expresses their sexuality there is all spectrum of both of those things in different combinations and so I don't think that it's necessary. Like you were like, ah, what's the word? What's that thing? I think that you are in a really wonderful place because you're not even forcing yourself to go. I know exactly what that is. You're just kind of what it it feels like to me is you're leading forward with a great sense of exploration and drive and you're allowing yourself to be taken somewhere better. And speaking of it getting better, I'm curious to know from somebody who's from a different generation than me, how do you think that queer life, and again, I know you can't speak for your entire generation, but in general, Mm -hmm. how do you, I said we don't generalize and I just said in general, hypocrite, (laughs) um, can you tell us what you think is different for queers who are on the tail end of high school like yourself than it used to be? So for me at the moment, I'm in June, I'm a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. And I definitely seen people who are more extra than me. And it's impressive to look at me like, wow, you're even bolder than me. You come to school with a full face of makeup every day. And even I want to do that because one, I don't have the time and I'm too lazy. And right now I don't even have the skills <laughs> to. <laughs> also, it's so expensive. The- like I was contemplating yes. drag the other day. I'm like, who can freaking go to Ulta and just buy $150 of this stuff? Like, Literally, I went to on Sephora and like I went to buy makeup for myself for the first time. Instead of just getting oh. makeup from friends. And I bought one concealer from Fenty Beauty. I was like, oh my God, it's from Brianna. Like, let me get it. <laughs> yeah. And in total, just me buying that concealer and makeup price, my total was $48. I was like, fuck, that's me working three hours at my job. <laughs> so I'm like, I mean, the concealer is nice. It's, it's great. But like, damn, it's like, fuck. This should I mean, be expensive. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I need. I need the influencer makeup channel that does it for people on a budget. Because budget. <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the stuff that they pitch, I'm like, nope, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's out of my price range. I can't go there. But you know, we can rationalize our way out of buying that thing that we want to buy. What I like about what you've said before is that you aren't just buying things that you need. You're in a place where you're like, I want this. Like I don't need this makeup. But you know what? It's fun for me and it helps me go to a place where I'm actualized and exploring and seeing what life is like on the other side. So I think you're doing really well. Is there anything else that you want to leave the listeners with before we talk about where they can find you and what your goals for the future are? One thing I like I uh, I just do want to talk about is mental awareness. Mm-hmm. For me, like I know this whole this whole interview. I've been saying like, oh yeah, I'm bull and stuff like that. But most people will look at me and be like, I will say, yeah, I was crying last night. Last night I was crying. I had a whole breakdown and mm-hmm. stuff. And the people be like, wow, you can cry like crazy and go to school all happy with a smile. And I want people to realize that I always tell to people, always do. I don't want my sadness to display my character because I don't want to go around like, oh, I'm sad or like, 
like, oh, I'm tired and stuff. I know every day I live to my fullest because you'll never know at any moment something can go wrong in your life. You can lose someone. You can lose yourself mentally or physically. You can lose your life. And I just want people to be aware, like, we all have an amount of time that we're given on this planet. Mm -hmm. And I just want people to realize, hey, instead of being like what I need to do in life, get that, be selfish. Get that what you want in life and Mm -hmm. stuff. Go out, have fun and stuff like that. And that's what I'm doing. Like I said, I had a really bad heartbreak, a really bad one. And I want people to realize, you know, it's okay it shit happens and like it sucks to see that person you really like and then seeing them already move on and stuff and you realize you you look at them and you realize like oh okay and now it's time for you to pick up where you left cry if you need to and that's something i've been getting help from from a new friend of mine angelo he the last two couple of nights i was having a panic attack and crying and he was there for me. And so even though he is a straight guy, he's able to be a friend for me and let me cry and say, if you need someone to hug, I'm here. And that's something so I think is in, it's incredible that even, yeah. even though he's not a gay person or stuff like that, he's very open-minded. So that's something I'm happy to see in our generation these days where people are becoming more open-minded. Yeah. And like, I can understand where, like I'll say for my loved ones, where they are not used to this, where being gay is wrong, especially when it comes to religion and beliefs and stuff. And it does make me sad where I'm like, oh, it sucks that I don't get that full support I want, but I can see that they're trying in some sort of way. And I'm hoping for the best in the future for my life, for my loved one, for my friends, and overall for my whole journey. Like this is honestly, this is just my start. Mm -hmm. And I will have more great opportunities and like this right here is a great opportunity for myself and i'm really happy doing this and then i will have bad moments in my life where at a heartbreak here who knows what i might lose a friend a really close one in my life and i will be sad but eventually as i always told myself eventually i'm gonna get over this and my friends have told me that too you'll get over this and 20 years from now i'll look back and like huh wow yeah, look, look at where I was in life that I definitely grew up from a person like I became more mature and that's something I've been told I'm like I'm very mature to some mm-hmm. extent to my age and stuff and very true. I, I just want people to realize like hey just live your life go out and yeah do that that's like I'll say that's my message live your life have fun and do what you want to do Exactly. And, and heartbreak is, unfortunately, for most people, unavoidable. We lose things. It's part of the human experience. So it's not about avoiding it. I think that you can make healthy choices for yourself in all of your relationships, for sure. But going into a relationship thinking that you will not have any heartbreak, any loss, any sadness, uh, I think is not the way to go about it. Because ultimately, even the people who we love the most know how to hurt us, they oftentimes do hurt us, and we can hurt the ones we uh, love the most. Hopefully we can heal and help others heal when that happens, but I think your message is one that is very sound, and I'm really proud of you for you know, making sure that everybody heard you say that. I think it's so crucial, and do the things that help it pass. My yoga instructor will always say, 
I mean, she's retired now, but she would say this too shall pass. But in the meantime, reach out. And I think that's what we should do. Do what your friend did. Hug somebody in need and seek hugs as after school special as it sounds, Mary, there, it is there for a reason. Seek that connection. Seek that friend that you were talking about that helped you figure out parts of your queer identity, helped bring you into the queer community in their yeah. own way. Um, if we can shepherd each other, we're going to be okay. So thank you very much for being with me today. I want to give you an opportunity to let everybody know where they can find you. Okay, so guys, if you want to look for my Instagram, it will be at EricXTX. So it will be E-R-I-X-K-H-T-X. And then if you want my TikTok, it will be E-B-T underscore H-T-X. And then if you want my Snapchat, it will be H-T-X-E-R-I-C-K dot T. And then of all of them, uh, if you want to look for all my social media where I post everything, honestly, just go to my Instagram and click on my link tree. It will have all my socials on there. And yeah, that's all I got to say. Perfect. Thank you so much again for coming, Mr. Weirdo. I really appreciate everything that you had to say, and I'm sure we'll have you back on again. Look forward to further collabs and just seeing yes. where you go. I think that you're, you're a very uh, wonderful talent and you have all the potential in the world. Um, for everybody out there who's interested in the Q2Q Film Festival, we have one coming up. It is in fact uh, the first weekend in July, July 2nd you live in Dallas, you can come in person. If you live outside of Dallas and you don't want to travel, you can watch all of the films online for a week after the second. It's Q to Q. We are queer to queerfest.com. You can find us on every social platform with the exception of probably 50 billion because it's impossible to be on all of them. But we have an Instagram, we have a Twitter. Tweet at us, hang out with us. All of that is on the page, in addition to links for film submissions, although that's probably by the time this releases, um, that will be closed. But tickets will be available um, very, very soon. So keep on that website. And in the meantime, always be your true self and live your best life.